For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Open your Bibles with me to John chapter 16, the Gospel of John, and verse number 2 is where we're going to start today. I'd like to welcome our new listeners in Perry, Florida, and I will be preaching and presenting Crossbound Ministry at Faith Baptist Church in Perry, Florida, next Sunday, September the 20th at 11 a.m. Come here, the powerful message that God has put on my heart for you. Listen, you will be encouraged, equipped, and convicted. That's next Sunday, September the 20th. The service starts at 11 a.m. Faith Baptist Church, 1439 Highway 19 North, Perry, Florida. Amen. That's my hometown where I grow up. So come out to hear a powerful message. The Gospel of John, John chapter 16 and verse number two. The Bible says they shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God service. Let me remind you what is going on in the world today. Today, according to Open Door USA, 11 Christians a day are killed for their faith. That's about a little over 4,000 a year. And according to the study of global Christianity, they said there's been over 900,000 Christians murdered in the last decade or martyred. That's about 90,000 a year, one every six minutes. Now, which study is right? I'm not sure. But somewhere in between there, there's a whole lot of Christians being killed for their faith that they put in the Lord Jesus Christ. Why would that happen? Because it is a spiritual battle. That is why, and just like this verse says, those people that killeth you, that killeth those Christians, they really think that they're doing God's work, their God, little g, a God that they have made up, or a God that somebody made up for them. And so these other so-called religions that murder Christians in the name of their God, and there is many of them throughout the world, one of them being Muslims. Their Quran tells them to kill a Christian. In Afghanistan, where Christianity is not permitted, to, it's against the law. In Somalia, Christians are high-valued targets to, to kill. Believers in Libya face abuse and deadly violence. Christians in Pakistan live with constant fear of, of mob attacks. And listen, it's illegal to convert, illegal to preach in Iran. They'll kill you for it, lock you up. And the world's second most populous country, unprecedented violence against Christians 
in India. And that's not even to mention North Korea, where they'll kill you, murder you for having one page out of the Bible. Or they'll put you in a concentration camp for the rest of your life, but not just you. If you get caught with the page out of the Bible in North Korea, they're taking your whole family, wife, children, parents, grandparents, everybody to the concentration camp because they believe that that's Christianity has spread throughout that family and praise the God. Hopefully it has. And so how does Christianity thrive in a place like that? Because it is the one true so-called religion Christianity is. People don't lay down their life for something that they don't truly believe. But listen, a born-again, Bible-believing Christian will not, will not renounce their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Next verse, John chapter 16, verse number three. But hold on, before we read that verse, doesn't that just make you feel good about living in the country you live in, where you have the freedom to have a Bible, where you have the freedom to go to church, where you can listen to a preacher on the radio, where you can get something to eat when you're hungry, amen, where you can have a good job. Praise the Lord for this country that we live in. And I thank God for it each and every day and for those people that made the sacrifice so that I can have a great country and my children can have a great godly country to grow up in. So thank you for that. Next verse, John chapter 16, verse number three. And these things will they do unto you because they have not known the Father nor me. Why do they do them? Because they don't know God. They don't know God. If you remember verse number two, they think what they're doing, they think they're serving God. They think they're doing God's will. They're doing God's will for their life. They're doing God's work. But according to verse number three, they don't know God. They know the made up God that they're serving. And so he says, and these things will they do unto you because they have not known the father nor me. They don't know God and they don't know Jesus. Amen. And so where he talked about in verse number two, putting them out of the synagogue, we don't even realize what a big deal that is. I mean, it is huge. Excommunication from the synagogue was considered by those Jews to be one of the worst possible things that could happen. I mean, it was rejection, but a mountain of rejection. You were put out. That was done. That means your business was done. You could do no more business. You couldn't make no money. That You couldn't buy, sell, trade, take care of your family. I mean, it was done. That was total rejection. And listen, just, you know, just even a little bit of rejection hurts. Like rejecting another person, or there are many ways to reject somebody. But that's something that hurts everybody. Nobody wants to be rejected. Everybody wants to be accepted. But that kind of rejection, when you are put out of the synagogue, when you're excommunicated, you are cut off from the family. In other words, the whole community would turn their back on you. Hey, that is a serious amount of rejection, but it didn't just hurt you. It hurt your family. And so that was a a very bad thing to happen. And this would happen to these Jews who were disciples of Jesus. The Christian faith would be so, and is so hated that those who sought it out, who thought, who sought to stamp it out would think they were pleasing God, but they weren't. They were serving their own God. But listen, by doing that, it definitely sorts out who's truly a Christian and who's truly not. 
Because listen, even here in America, there are many people that say they're Christian, but they're only Christian by name. Their life does not reflect it. They may go to church every Sunday but they've never truly been born again. Amen. And that was me before I got saved. I went to church, but I wasn't saved. I wasn't a child of God. But one day, praise the Lord, he showed me, hey, you're going to go to hell if you don't get born again, get saved. And I got in God's family, praise the Lord, on that day. And so these verses, this shows how a person may be very sincere and very zealous and yet so very wrong. Just like the Apostle Paul was. He went around and had Christians drug out of their house and murdered and stoned to death. He was there when the first deacon Stephen was stoned. And the Bible says they laid his clothes at a young man's feet named Saul. And that was the Apostle Paul. And so he was very zealous. He was very on fire and thought he was serving his little G, God. But he was very, very wrong as many are today like those other religions that I read off to you. They think they're doing God's work as Paul did, but he was dead wrong. But listen to me, those today can get saved, born again, and God can use them. If God can use the Apostle Paul who murdered Christians and God used him to pen a lot of the New Testament to preach to turn the world upside down for the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to me, God can use and change anybody's heart. Amen. And so while we're here today, while we're here today, if you're really serving the Lord, you can expect a certain amount of persecution. Oh, we may not get drug out in the street and murdered like they do in other countries or like they did in the Bible because we're blessed enough to live in America. Amen. But there are many other ways to be persecuted. There are many other things that can happen. There are many other things that people can, can do to you or say about you. But listen, when Jesus is warning them, he's also warning you. And so if you ever wondered how the disciples died, I want to just share a couple things with you, how they, how they died. Now, these were serving God. They were serving the Lord Jesus Christ as we should be. As many times as I have said, we have just as much responsibility as the disciples of Jesus Christ to spread the gospel. Amen. And so here Jesus is warning his disciples that this is going to happen. They're going to persecute you. They're going to think they're, they're doing God's work when they kill you, when they murder you. And so you wonder what happened to them afterwards. Well, here's what happened to them. Matthew was killed by a sword in Ethiopia. Mark died in Egypt after being drugged by a horse down the street. Luke was hanged in Greece. John was boiled in a huge basin of oil, but miraculously he didn't die. And then he was sentenced to the island of Patmos where he wrote the book of Revelations. Amen. And he died as an old man. And as far as we know, the only one to die peaceably. History tells us that Peter was crucified upside down. James, the leader of the, of the church in Jerusalem, was thrown over a hundred feet down from the southeast pinnacle of the temple where he refused to deny his faith in Christ. Interestingly enough, that's the same pinnacle where Satan took Jesus up and offered him the world. Isn't that something? James, the son of Zebedee, was beheaded at Jerusalem. Bartholomew, known as Nathaniel, was a missionary to Asia in present-day Turkey and was martyred for preaching in Armenia where he was filleted to death by a whip. Andrew was crucified on the cross 
in Patmos, history tells us. Thomas was stabbed with a spear in the side as a missionary to India. Jude was killed with arrows when he refused to die his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthias was replaced by Judas, who was stoned to death and then beheaded. And Paul was tortured and then beheaded by the evil emperor Nero in Rome about AD 67 after a lengthy imprisonment leading most of his captures to faith. Amen. Even when he was in prison, even when he was in prison, he's leading those to the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God for that. And listen, so what Jesus warned them came true. Amen. And listen to me. What Jesus warns us in the Bible is going to come true. Amen. He is coming again. Make sure you are ready. Make sure you are ready. Most people get ready. Boy, they get ready for retirement. I'm ready to retire. I'm going to save every dime I can. I'm going to live it up. I'm going to go fishing every day. I'm going to go shopping every day or whatever it is you like to do. And they plan for that. And they plan for their health. I want to eat right, exercise, get right, live a long life. But hardly anybody wants to plan for death. Listen to me, we'll be dead a whole lot longer we're alive. Amen. The Bible says our life is but a vapor. Make sure you are ready for that day that you have repented of your sins and put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ because we are not promised tomorrow. I may not make it through the night. We just don't know. Nobody's promised tomorrow. That's why the Bible says today, today is the day of salvation. So make sure you are ready for that eternal destination. Let's look at look verse number four, the gospel of John, verse number four. But these things, this is Jesus speaking, but these things have I told you, that when the time shall come, ye may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said not unto you at the beginning, because I was with you. The Lord warned the disciples in advance, so they would not be surprised when these afflictions came upon them or when they happened. But they would remember that the Lord had predicted persecution. They would know that it was all part of his plan for their lives as we, as you and me should also. We should know that certain things are going to happen in this life. You're going to have trials. You're going to have struggles. One preacher said it like this, you're going to have a struggle all your life to the very last day and you may have a trial and tribulation on the last day. And so we can expect those things. But listen, when you know who's in control and you know who's got your hand, his hand on your life and you know who you can go to and you know what the outcome is because the Bible says that Jesus is coming back and he is the Lord of Lords and he is the King of Kings. Amen. He's going to sit on that throne and if you're saved, if you're born again, you are a child of God. Amen. You are part of the church and he is coming back for you. Amen. And we'll be forever with him in glory. And I thank God for that. And that changes the outcome. That changes the look that you have on life. So we can expect hard things, trials, tribulations, tough times, sickness, death. Those things are going to come. But listen, when you know the outcome and you know whose hand you're in, amen, because the Bible says when you're saved, you're sealed on the day of redemption. The Bible says no man can pluck them out of my father's hand. That's what Jesus says. So when you're in God's hand, sickness, death, the Bible says that, that death, death is just a door 
that leads to heaven. The apostle Paul said, oh, death, where is thy sting? In other words, it's gone. The fear of it is gone. Amen. And everybody, I know I did. I feared death greatly before I got saved, before I got born again. I didn't want to die. Why? Because that'd be it for me. It'd be over. I was done. But once I'm saved, I have such peace that no matter what happens, I know where I'm going. I know whose hand I'm in. I know who's put the promise on my life. And I thank God for it. And that brings you such peace. And so just as that verse, says, hey, we can expect persecutions. They could, and we can too. Amen. And so Jesus was leaving them. He was warning them of what will happen just like he has for me and you in the Bible. You say, well, I want to know what's going to happen. Well, open the Bible, get in God's word, and he will show you. Amen. The Bible, it's a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. Now, does God want good things for you? Absolutely. He wants good things for you. The Bible says, He's got mansions up in heaven, amen? Streets of gold, walls of jasper, sea of crystal, amen? Being in the presence of a thrice holy God, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, kneeling down before his throne, amen, in his presence, in the glory of his presence, as the river of life flows from the throne of God, and we can talk to God personally, amen? I look forward to that day. Does he want good things for your life? Absolutely. But he's warning us that in this life, while you're in this flesh that there will be hard times there will be trials and tribulations but listen when you know you're in God's hand just like those just like those disciples all of them were murdered for their faith except one but he was greatly persecuted but listen they knew they had faith they had courage why because the Holy Spirit was within them you see before before Peter got the Holy Spirit he denied Christ three times I don't know him. I don't know. The Bible says he even cursed at a battle. I don't know him. But after, after that man, he had power to preach and thousands got saved. Thank God. Now you listen to me. When you're saved today, you're born again today. The Bible says the moment of salvation, the Holy Spirit takes up residence right then. And you are sealed unto the day of redemption. The book of Acts is a transitional book. Amen. Today, when you're saved, the Holy Spirit takes up residence right then. He is the comforter, and I thank the Lord for it. Let's look at the next verse, the Gospel of John, John chapter 16, verse number 5. The Bible says, But now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you asketh me whether goest thou? You know, verse number 5 here, it seems to express some disappointment that Jesus is showing towards the disciples. Are you not interested in what is, is, is ahead for the Lord? They, they didn't seem real involved. And the way I take it is, and because of the way the verse reads, he says, none of you ask whether I'll go us. I take it kind of like uh, he was talking to a teenager, like they're off in la-la land, not really paying attention, you know, and like a parent asking them, hey, are you listening to me? Are you paying attention? Do you really want to know what's going on in the world? Do you know what's going to happen? I'm trying to warn you of something serious here, and you need to take this serious. None of you ask her whether I'm going. I'm telling you, I'm going away. Bad things are coming, and this is going to happen. Amen. And none of you, you're not really paying attention. And sometimes, listen to me, if me and you ain't careful, there's so many distractions in this world so many things on the tv and radio and internet and, and the news and youtube all these things happening that we forget about the truth of the word of god amen that it should reside first in our heart 
Amen. That we should be focused on that because we know the world's going to change. We know things are going to get messed up. We know bad things are going to happen. And I'm not being Debbie Downer here because there are a lot of good things in the world today. I'm not saying that. But my point is our primary focus in this life should be God's holy word. Amen. You love God and love people. And that is the basics of Christianity. The more that you love God, the more that you're going to be his word in his word. And the more that you love God, the more that you're going to love people. Amen. Because people are people. People are messed up. People got problems. Amen. Just as me and you do. But listen, the more that you love God, the more that you'll be able to love them, even when they don't like you, even when they hate you. Jesus loved those that hated him. Jesus loved those that put him on the cross, just as these disciples did. You see, the closer they got to Jesus, the, the, the closer they got to God, the more that they loved those that even hated them. Stephen, Stephen, who was stoned, said, Father, forgive him, as he was being murdered, martyred for his faith. How could he do that? Because he viewed him through the eyes of God. It's a spiritual battle. Those demons and devils are using them, amen? You see, because a, a demon or a devil, they're a spiritual being. They're, they're, you can't see them or touch them. They need a vehicle in which to work through in this life, and they use other people. They can even influence other Christians by whispering bad things in your ear, amen? And that's why it's so, so important to be filled with the Spirit, amen? Be filled with the power of the Spirit, to be right with God, to keep sin out of your life, to stay in God's Word, to be faithful to your church, amen? Senator sound preaching and keep yourself right. Why? So that you can be a good witness to the world, amen? John chapter 16, verse number six, next verse. But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. They, the disciples, they were more concerned with their own future than what Jesus's was. Before him lay the cross and the grave. Before them lay persecution in their service for Christ, just like it lays ahead for me and for you. The Bible warns us. They were filled with sorrow of their own troubles rather than his. As me and you do many times, we get focused on ourselves, get the mully grubs, this happened, oh, how we feel sorry for ourselves instead of focusing our heart on Jesus and on others, amen? But when you truly put yourself aside and be a blessing to others, pray and care and give for others. It brings comfort and joy to you. Isn't that amazing? When you care about others, when you love others, when you give to others, when you put yourself aside and you say, you know what, I'm going to do something for them. I'm going to be a blessing for them. I'm going to try to encourage them. Listen, it does more for you than it ever do for them. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is working through you and you are allowing him to work for, through you. And that's when Jesus puts his joy, his peace, his love, his happiness in your heart. Amen. And that is so important for you, for the church, for the world. Amen. The Bible says, how will they know that you're the brethren for the love that you have for one another? Amen. That, and that's the truth. The more that you love God, the more that you're going to love others. And I ask you today, do you love God? Where is your love at? Is it on yourself as many do today? The world is so selfish. It's all about me. And it's getting more selfish. It's all about me. It's all about me. It's all about me. God says, no, it's not. It's all about Jesus. Amen. So where is your heart today? Where is your focus today? Where do you put your faith and trust in?
Even if you are saved and born again, careful. You can get to where you trust your own self. I'm smart. I've been here. I've done that. But listen, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Amen. You know what the Bible's full of? Wisdom and instruction. I ask you today, have you ever put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you ever truly been born again? Have you repented of your sins? Ask God for forgiveness and put your faith and trust in the finished work he did on the cross. He died and he rose again the third day. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352 247 9200. That's 352 247 9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.